Welcome to the Not That I'm Anywhere podcast. My name is Nathaniel Kapanos, and if you've never, well, actually, no one's ever heard this podcast before because this is the first episode. Uh, I'm proud and happy to announce that my boy, Ryan Holden, the owner of Deeply Coffee in Orlando, Florida, is going to be joining me on the podcast. Uh, I filmed this with like two other pods in Orlando. Last time I was up there, and did like a crazy little sweep. Uh, those will be coming out in the next consecutive weeks. Um, Deeply Coffee is an awesome, nerdy cafe, food, you know, all that stuff in downtown Orlando. It's probably my favorite coffee shop in Florida and maybe the world. Uh, Ryan's a close friend. We definitely bonded by having these long kind of drawn out conversations. So I thought, great guests for the pod. Go check them out. Follow them on, at Deeply Coffee on Instagram, and then follow, like, and subscribe to this video. Hopefully you guys support me. I did cut off uh, probably about 20, 30 minutes of the last chunk of our convo. Uh, I threw it up on Patreon, so check that out. Follow on the Patreon if you want to support me and see me go to other cities or maybe like release some dope like review videos or how-tos on some nerdy cocktail stuff or coffee stuff. I'm going to be doing all that on the Patreon, so check it out. Uh, follow me on there if you want to support your boy and see me going out to Portland to interview some homies out there or whatever. Uh, if you've never listened to this podcast, which you no doubt have never listened to this podcast, it is um, where I try to interview people that I'm friends with and that I think are cool within my entertainment, cocktail, whatever industry. Uh, obviously, coffee is included in that. And uh, I dive into like their superstitions and personally held beliefs and philosophies as much as I can and just have fun. I mean, it, half of it's going to be just shooting the shit. It's something that we can throw on in the background and just listen to and uh, maybe even learn something. So there's going to be audio and video available. It's available on Spotify, uh, obviously bonus content on Patreon and then on YouTube and uh, iTunes and all that. So yeah, thank you guys for even watching it this far. Hope you enjoy the pod and the cool ombre effect that you're going to see going on with the light. And uh, yeah, thanks guys. Podcast. My name is Nathaniel Kapanos, and today I'm with Ryan, Ryan Holden. He is uh, the owner of Deeply Coffee. He's a close friend of mine. And uh, today we're drinking some, I made like a mezcal infusion, a uh, bunch of different fruit, mango, pineapple, uh, grapefruit peels, and lemon peels. I put them in a vacuum sealed bag, uh, let them sit overnight, flew on a plane, uh, some nice espadine uh, ancestral mezcal, and then uh, we put some Topo Chico on them in your shop. So uh, here we are. So, uh, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I saw uh, you making this drink on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, that, that sounds amazing. I had no idea that I was going to be able to be yeah. the one to have it with you. So. I figured, since we, I knew we were doing ours at night, and I was like, I know you love mezcal, and I thought, what can I do that'll travel well, and like, yeah. that won't be too much work for me? And I just grabbed right. fruit. And I, I, I was going to make an oleo, and I was going to like, Acidify it, and I had all these ideas, but this kind of did all those things in one. Got, got kind of lazy with it, but uh, yeah, cheers, cheers, buddy. Oh, nice, tasty, a little citrus, delicious, refreshing. Yeah, all right, so um, I got some stuff prepared, but you know, we can keep it okay. pretty light. Um, I have one of the questions I had for you, uh, was when did coffee first appeal to you? Like, I'm sure our parents all drank coffee when we were younger, but. At what yeah. point in your life did that, did you think like, this is a cool thing, or did you start getting interested in it? Late in the game for me. Right. Um, probably, I'm 31 now, so probably around like 23, 24. Right. 
um, much later than most people that I know, much later than a lot of friends that I have. And funny enough, I really did. I, I grew up in a, a house where coffee was needed to even start your day. Right. And um, It's kind of like a little ritual in the morning. Your parents would get up. Coffee, Mr. Coffee Machine would already be going. Yeah, but you know, that was actually what turned me off. Um, and I think that's Same. that's honestly what got me into it uh, much later on in life because I didn't I didn't want to need anything um, to start my day. I didn't want to need anything um, as much as I saw like my parents needed coffee to to just survive. It, it felt like it sometimes. So, so I was like, I don't I don't want to start that because I don't want to need need coffee like that. And it was later on. Um, like I said, in like my mid, coming into like my mid twenties, um, I was introduced to coffee in a much different way, um, approaching it in a much different way, needing it in a much different way, uh, and it was really through my wife. My wife kind of started bringing me around, you know, specialty coffee shops. We would stop by places um, in our travels, and uh, I, at the time, I would, I would drink tea. I was a tea drinker. Yeah. And um, we would go to these beautiful cafes all over the world, and my wife would get a flat white, and it would the presentation and everything was just flat um, whites were hot too. Yeah, and then, you know <laughs> that was the, like the cool ass drink. They'd put this beautiful flat white in front of her, and then I would get like a tea bag and hot water, and I always felt like I wasn't getting the same kind of experience. Um, I felt like I was ordering the thing on the menu that they kind of had to have. To you know, to appease the you're the non-alcoholic beer drinker of the <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I started like trying my wife's coffee, and and um, I really, I genuinely like loved the experience. I loved the taste of coffee. I lo I started to love the culture that I was experiencing at different cafes, and that's really how I I got introduced to it. I fell in love with um, the, the the cafe culture. I fell in love with that environment. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I fell in love with it with the taste of coffee, and then I've I, I still drink tea, but it's I'm I'm a, I'm a big a big coffee guy now for sure. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> I I similarly I when I when I got when I was young, I thought I was never because I had such high energy. I still do now, but I thought I was never going to need drugs or alcohol at all, and I would brag about it when I was a kid, which is funny because you know I never I never thank God you know I've I've done a lot of like shit in my life. Yeah. But I've never felt like I needed anything. Like yeah. if I've done yes. cocaine on the weekend or if I've done smoked weed or whatever it was, even if I did it a few times, I never felt like, thank, like thankfully, because other people, you know, have issues with this and I feel like yeah. it's privileged almost to, to not have these issues, but I never felt like I needed it. I never thought like, man, I need this real quick or I need that. It's just like kind of like a kind of wish. I want yeah. to do this right now. And, exactly. Which is cool though, because I think it does give you an appreciation for it, uh, definitely for coffee. I when I I had a similar thing where I I would drink a lot of caffeine, but I drink energy drinks when I was in high school, and I would wow. run and I was exercising all the time and I was just energy this and that. It was yeah. very intense, and uh, I can't imagine you. I know <laughs> I used on to, an energy drink. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't want to see it. I, it yeah, it's it's because energy drinks are very different than coffee. There's taurine and like you're yeah. like zooted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those were those were interesting times. Um, but I kind of got over that, and I started drinking coffee because I liked the aggressive, bitter flavor. Yeah. And I was in bartending since you know a youth, and I was you know, 
and I was DJing and all that shit. So like, it fit. I would do I'd drink like little like Starbucks or I'd drink espresso. And yeah. when I was working at restaurants, they would do the espresso with a little lemon peel. And I was like, that's the height of, that's the height of uh, class right there. I've never had that. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> but when you have burnt to shit coffee, that's like super dark. Yeah. And it's like probably not the best pulled shot. A little lemon peel in there like really helps nice. it out, you know. Like nice. it just helps clean it up. But yeah, I, I I did drink some of it, but it was almost like it was after dinner, or it was like if I needed a jolt of energy. It was definitely it yeah. wasn't coffee, coffee. Yeah. And I stepped away from it for a while, uh, where I'd only get it from time to time. And then I, I when I traveled, I was in New York or Chicago. There was yeah. such a culture behind it, yeah. and I was like, it was just another thing that like my eyes were opened. Where I was like, I love this. Like yeah. when I saw bartending for the first yeah. time, I. Like you were slapping them in, shaking, double shaking. And I was like, "Oh, I like that. I yeah. don't like that other shit. I like that." Uh, so, yeah, that's super interesting. Um, let's see. There's a lot of parallels between cafes and bars. Yeah. And I think that one of the things you talked about that kind of drew you in was the, and I, I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but I feel like you said it was the community aspect yeah. of cafes. I think that I always saw a deep respect for cafes um, because I felt like it was kind of like the it was the yin to yang with yep. bars. Like, you know, you go out drink the night before, and you go out, you get a coffee in the morning, and get a, a sandwich. It's like a there's there's a lot of other things that cafes do, but it's like an essential, fu- which is why I guess yep. it was an essential business sure. uh, during the pandemic. But you know, I, I think that there's a lot of parallels, and while it's different types of service, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, can you speak to that? I mean, I know I, yeah. I just said a lot of yeah. words, but can you speak to that and like maybe you agree? Yeah, it's it's one of my um, it's one of my favorite parts about you know having a cafe, and I mean you know I'm, I'm here a lot, um, but I don't feel um, I'm almost four years into it, and I still don't feel fatigued um, spending the you know when you spend a lot of time in this in you know one space, sometimes I think you can get kind of fatigued or bored. Um, and you're kind of craving a different environment. Uh, I, I rarely, if ever, have felt that. And really it's because, I mean, you and I even connected here in this space in, in, in a big way when you were living in downtown and yeah. you were you know, opening a bar down the street. And um, I have that. I hear a lot. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a similar connection with so many people that that I've formed relationships with. It's, it's almost like the, it's like the watering hole. You know, I, I get to, I get to see um, a lot of uh, a lot of the same faces every day or every other day or every week, and um, it's 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 really special. And I think about it all the time. I mean, a, a cafe really is like it's like a bar, but but during the day, and we you know we come together around a different kind of beverage, but it's it's a beverage nonetheless. And um, and I think that those are like I think that the difference between drinking. I love tea, and I want to tell you about this dude, JoJo's Tea, that uh, I think I mentioned him before, too, but we'll, we'll, I'll talk to him about him in a second. got to come down and go to his tea ceremony with me. You said it was JoJo's Tea? That's his name of his company. Uh, but we'll talk about that after. But I think that, you know, in, <laughs> I have a little theory that when, when you're drinking something, you're eating something, when it's formidable, it's like when you, if it's spicy, you have to think about it before you, you take a bite. If it's ca- caffeine, if it's caffeinated, you have to think about it before you drink it. And same thing with alcohol, like, because there's gonna be a direct and it's not severe, but a noticeable effect to your, yeah. like your person, to your mind and your body when you take a sip of it. So 
That's why people come to places like coffee shops and bars because it's a watering hole, but why is it the watering hole? It's a watering hole because it loosens inhibitions, because coffee you know, promotes creativity and keeps you focused to a degree, right? Sure. There, there's those elements sure. that are very boring and figured out, but I mean, I'm gonna romanticize a little bit because I like it so much, but I think that, you know, taking, drinking this, you know, we're not just gonna chug it, because it's not, this is not just sparkling water where you're like, oh my God, this is so good, and you're chugging it. You know, you have to sip it, you have to respect sure. this a little bit. And because, you know, just like with coffee, man, drink too many shots of espresso you get zooted yeah man. you can't talk you can't you're, right. you have to go to the bathroom three <laughs> times and then you can't think and you're like uh we're we're uh we're legal drug dealers yeah for sure so this is a drug that's allowed and we're allowed to sell it right and it's it's also you know for the most part fairly manageable for people especially caffeine but caffeine's probably more prevalent than alcohol is as far as like people using it all the time yeah, sure but alcohol is a little bit more dangerous definitely more dangerous in the end sure but i think that, that i think that there's something to that though when you're sitting down it's like when you have that respect for that drink and nick you're, you're, you're when you're thinking about it and thinking about all your actions when you're sitting there you're also or you're coming there for a purpose to get some kind of energy that 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 plays into what how you respect the space sure. you know because juice bars aren't the same thing people don't hang out at juice bars for long periods of time you get on laptops sure. right so i think that there's i definitely think there's something about like the beverage yeah i think so too and we've you know I really designed the space to be very open um, and to also like harbor that community that you're talking about. So around around this beverage, coffee and tea, but sometimes, you know, that's not even enough to just have that. You really have to create a space that makes people feel like they have space to, to be here, to spend time in here um, and to want to come back. That's cool. So that, was, that was, you know, that was a huge, motivating uh, energy, I guess, behind the way, why we chose this location, the way that we designed it, just very open. Um, you know, the, even the bar that we're sitting at right now is connected to um, the espresso bar. And that was really- Right, the, the hub. <laughs> really us saying like, we, we want to connect. We don't want to just be the people behind the counter that make your drink and then you go about your day. But we, we, we welcome the relationship connections that that will naturally happen in our space. So that was always a, um, a, a big thing. Uh, on top of just obviously wanting to have, you know, amazing coffee and serve that, we also wanted to have like, you know, a, a space that people feel connected to. Well, clearly people do. Um, you know, obviously this is how I came in here and I, I was very receptive of the space, but how does that, how does that make you feel in two ways? that you wanted that and people yeah. people also received it correctly. Like you're like, okay, I hope that they get this and I hope that people understand it even subconsciously. So I'm sure it feels good and, and, and it's yeah. reassuring, but does it also make you feel more confident about other projects that you want to do that if you, if you really think about it, that you can do something that people yeah. will pick up? Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when we had the windows, when we were still doing our build out, I'm sure you remember this, the, the windows, like most places, you know, are completely blocked off. It said, you know, coming soon. Mm -hmm. Um, deeply coffee and um, I remember feeling like because this was my first project like this that I would essentially be putting on display for the whole community to come in and experience um, you know this was like my my work of art here and I felt yeah. I felt the insecurity of like I've never done this before I have no idea how people are going to interpret this and receive this especially like the first year or so of business being open 
people don't because some people that get it are there and you forget about them or you don't think yeah. about them and then there's so many critics yeah and then they go away eventually because they either fuck off or they realize they were wrong, <laughs> right? And, and they, yeah. or they, they go, maybe they like to craft a comment and they stay there and they stop complaining. Yeah. But like that first year of any business opening, man, it's always, yeah. you get a lot of crit- critique. <laughs> I had to, you know, really process a lot in my head and we did have that. We had so many people that came in here and they just received it and they got it yeah. and they loved it. For sure. Um, but I remember getting like a few reviews even online People still complain about the cappuccino size or, yeah. or what, like, the silly The size thing. of the drink or, you know, even um, the some, board, some the, people... The menu you couldn't read or something. People, like, some people, like, bro, people have... People, some people had the audacity, man, to, um, to say, you know, because obviously you could... Uh, you know, this art, sitting in our space, and the design is... is it, it's not unique um, in a lot of places, but this kind of design... Orlando is not seen a lot like yeah. like Scandinavian minimalistic uh, it so some people didn't get it and uh, there was a couple of reviews where someone said that it felt empty in there I or, think I remember one day someone complained about the table in the middle like like was like hey you know are you can you guys get like some pillows or something else for the table <laughs> I remember I was sitting there and I was like I don't, I don't even know if it was to you I think it was to like Ariel or somebody, and they're like, oh, yeah, maybe, I mean, it's kind of like the way it's supposed to be, though, and they're like, really, or is this place unfinished, or something like that, they just did not get it. I can't tell you how many people look at the the wall behind uh, the espresso bar, and they've made so many suggestions as to what (laughs) they they see going there. and uh, like 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 a menu or picture yeah, or some yeah. shit. We, uh, an, an art piece. We had muralists. I mean, I can't tell you how many muralists have reached out to me and said that they would love to fill that empty space behind the espresso bar. Um, and uh, they don't get it. <laughs> you know, like those those Pinterest signs where it can say deeply in the light, like like written in light bulbs. Um, so many people have said that they can see that there. And, uh, well, to, I, I say so many people, it feels that way to me. Um, but, I mean, we're talking probably less than five people. But to me, yeah, maybe it was, especially maybe it was, in the first year, right. those, um, those comments definitely stand out more than all of the positive ones. And I had to really deal with that. And even realize, like, that I'm not going to be able to please everyone. Yeah. Um, and I... I, I just had a gut feeling that the best thing that I can do is be who I am, serve coffee the way that, um, you know, that, that I feel passionate to serve it, and stick with the design and the space um, that, that I had in my vision. And um, I'm so glad that I did. You know, it's like a Chicago-style pizza shop trying to, you know, also serve like New York-style pizza, and then they slowly lose themselves. They're no longer this specialty Chicago, you know, yeah. deep dish style pizza. It's like, you're just another pizza shop just trying to, you know, please everyone. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you lose yourself. And ultimately that's not what people are looking for. I mean, right. we're the same way. I want to go into a place and I want, I want, I want to, I want to know what it is that you do. Right. I don't want to have to, you know, ask too many questions. I just want to come in and be like, this is what they do here. And they do right. it really well. And you're in that mood or if that's what you want. You know, like if it's cocktails or if it's coffee or whatever, like if you want, if you want a tiki drink, it's like, okay, they do tiki drinks. Like I want to go in there or maybe, you know, that's an aspect of what they do. Sure. Okay. Like, like here, like, like you guys have specialty drinks. That's an aspect of what you sure. do. It's not the main part of the program, but like, yeah, they have really cool specialty drinks and people come in for those. That's one of your tenants. But like, yeah, you shouldn't add, 
and you know, I think that that's the beautiful thing, though, that, that you've done really well, and I think that the businesses that are successful do, is you listen to your fans, and you add things that enough of, that make sense with your space, that makes sense with, like, let's say you have, like, three things that you're yeah. like, these are my Ryan tenants, yeah. they're never going to change, these sure. three things. So if it doesn't, if it doesn't <laughs> go across those, those three things that, you know, you're unwilling to change, Okay, cool. Like you, people wanted more yeah. food, they wanted more things like that. Sure. So you can add it. But that's you know the same thing happened. You know when I was running the Robinson, you know we had we had uh, people, a lot of people asking for Tito's, and we didn't carry Tito's for the longest time because you know I was like fuck that. Like there's better stuff out there. But we won the battle in so many of these other spirits. Yeah. But Tito's were just losing it, and it's like and I would charge them like three dollars more or four dollars more than our well, more than Grey Goose, and they would pay it. And I'm like I just would keep raising the price. People didn't give a shit. And the well at the Robinson at the time was probably far superior to, to Tito's. The well at the Robinson at the time was good for cocktails. It was vodka. It was it was very affordable. Okay. I mean, if you want to argue which vodka is better, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, it was well-made, and it was not a cheap vodka. Like, it wasn't pop-off or something, but... Yeah. I, I mean, I preferred it to Tito's, but Tito's is very... There's a lot of glycerin added to it for smoothness. Smoothness is a term that... Uh, people usually associate with something being sweet or having a texture, and okay. the way you can do that is by adding caramel coloring. But with vodka, you can't really do that. So, so what? Uh, this is a, it's a sidebar, but what? Um, you know, I love tequila mezcal. What? Uh, what tequilas have that in it? Because I'm sure I have some at my house. I will tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. There's. I'll tell you three. Because there's many, but I'll tell you three that have it. Clase Azul. I don't know if has I don't know if they all contain glycerin, vanillin, or caramel coloring, but they have at least two of three. And that's like a top shelf at most places. Classe Azul bottle. It's just sweet juice. Uh, that so Classe Azul, Casamigos, and Don Julio. Certainly, all have Patron. You know, Patron has less than you than you would think. Um, it doesn't have as many additives. Uh, some people don't like the flavor of it. Uh, in Miami, people don't like it. People like it up here. Patron. Miami do not. People do not like Patron that well. They they prefer Don Julio, Casamigos, Clase Azul. I mean, I could go. I could probably have a five or six. They would wow. prefer. Yeah. They. I don't know. I don't know the marketing genius that went down there and said Patron sucks, but I'm sure Bacardi had something to do. I don't. I, I, isn't Bacardi Patron? I don't. Know. Anyway, uh, yeah, most of them. Most of them have it added in there. It's uh. It's unfortunate. They're allowed to add one percent, uh, one or two percent. Actually, it might be two. I'm forgetting right now, but and they don't way. have to tell you that. It's, it's nowhere to be found on the label. And you think one percent of a whole bottle? Imagine if you put a drop of vanilla extract in a bottle of just one drop. That's not even one percent. That's probably less in a bottle of Don Julio. It would taste like vanilla, wouldn't it? Sure. Probably more than what they do. Yeah, they have a it's a agave distillate. They, there's a whole cheap way they they take the agave plants and they they. They basically harvest them far before they're mature. I mean, we're talking three to five years. Three years is like super fast, but it can happen. The agave plants sometimes mature fast, but five years is pretty much the minimum for an agave plant, for a blue, like Blue Weber tequila agave plant. So you're not, if you, how are they producing more tequila than ever? They're, they're cheating the system with a diffuser. I picked up a bottle of that. You recommended two, one was crazy expensive. Wait, which one, which, which one? Well, what, is, what does it look like? I'd have to go back in our... In our I feel like it had like a, up. like a... Um, let me see. Uh, in, our, in our text messages. I'm so excited. It was... It was, dude, it, was it was probably badass. I've had multiple bottles of it. Um, 
Oh man, I can't. I'm so excited. Because when I give tequila recommendations, I really like, especially if someone is willing to spend more than like 30, 40 bucks, then I'm usually stoked. I want to I want to say it was around um, probably like 50 bucks, right? 50, 60. Yeah, I believe it was uh, around 50 or 60. That's, that's that's the sweet spot. I think it was. Oh, uh, oh, tequileño. Yeah, dude. 50, 60 bucks, right? Yep. And I got the reposado. It was. It's fire, right? It was delicious, man. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. The other one I sent you, if you can find it, you, when you're feeling like balling out, <laughs> get it, and then you'll be like, God damn. Yeah, uh, I, th I think I looked at the price on that one, and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna. It was like 100 it. bucks, probably. Yeah. I wasn't, at the moment, I wasn't looking to spend 100 bucks on a bottle of tequila. I was having a bunch of people over, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Next time, uh, next time we do the podcast, I'll, I'll, bring, uh, I'll bring some crazy shit. Uh, so, look, JoJo's Tea, this guy, I'm going to have him on the podcast. Oh, my God. I'm going to have him on the podcast soon. Uh, his name is Mike. He owns JoJo's Tea, but he's like a certified tea master. Uh, he's been to Taiwan, been to China, been kind of all over. Wow. He's, he's a Cuban guy, I think, Cuban. It's hard to tell with... He speaks Chinese or Mandarin pretty well, uh, but he's very, he's, he's, he's very well versed in tea. And uh, he's kind of trying to branch out. I might like, do a project with him or this or that. I kind of, I went, uh, you can go to his tea shop and he'll do the ceremony with you. Apparently he used to be like really into the ceremony and now he's kind of, he's, he's not as like, he's a, he has so much else on his mind. Is it matcha, like a matcha tea no. ceremony? Or? Nope, it's like oriental beauty, like cliff tea. Tea that only goes to a certain elevation behind waterfalls and cliffs in Taiwan. And, like, that it's teas that are an age, puertes, and like just all kinds of things. And like, when you're there, he does it so quickly. Like, he just pours it in there in this little cup, and then he pours some in this little Buddha, yeah. and then he pours, and he pours it out, and he pours more in, and he, he takes small sips of the tea continually. So the cup should, so the cup, as long as the conversation's good, the cup doesn't stop. You just keep filling. And is this like really wild tea that makes you think wild thoughts? <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, it does. It's very spiritual. It some it, wild teas out there, man. That. It's, it's, it definitely isn't psychoactive as far as I know, but it does, it, I think the setting and the, just the guy that he is kind of puts you in this, this very comfortable position. At yeah. least it does for me. And like the conversation, it's kind of like a, basically a podcast, like very interesting. It goes off on tangents, but you always kind of find the, the line and you're just sitting there sipping this tea. Uh, but he's really, well, next time you're in my, please. It like, it, it feels like a spiritual experience is, is yep. what you're saying. It does. Yeah. Now I, I know him very, like, well, I know him pretty well, and I go to his shop often, and I talk to him, you know, a fair bit. So, like, it's not, when the first time I went, I was, like, really blown away. I was, he actually had a, a booth set up at three points outside of the, the, one of the main stages, and I was, I was, I was messed up. I was tripping. <laughs> and I, I left the, the, the venue, Kate Tronado was playing, and I was, like, walking out, and I look, and then my friends were like, we're not supposed to be here, this is a VIP. I was like, no, it's not. There would have been like, there's, I looked around, I'm like, there was no barricade, <laughs> there was no guy, there was no nothing. If we're not allowed to walk back here, they would have had something. Yeah. Uh, I think it might have been the VIP. <laughs> but either way, we, we found, there's a hole in the wall, and we found our way in there. But I'm walking back, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about the show, and I just saw 3-6 Mafia, Wu-Tang, and Kroon Ben, and, and Thundercat all in one day. And, uh, you know, so I was a little, I was still feeling a little loopy. And uh, I, I'm walking and I look and I'm like, and I thought I was just like fucked up. I was like, is that, I think I know that guy. And they're like, no, 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 man, come on, let's keep going. I was like, no, wait, I, I know this dude. And it was the guy from JoJo's Tea and he was pouring tea there. And we just walked up and I was like, is it free? And he's like, yeah, man, whatever. In case you're not, I was playing in the background and I'm sitting there drinking like Oriental Beauty. And then like, he had a 2002 age pu pu uh, puer tea. And so it's like, it comes in this brick because it gets so dense. 
and then he had some charcoal aged like oolongs. He had some good shit, and he was just. I don't even know if, if we paid him. I'm not sure. I can't really remember, but I think he just did it for free. But if he was doing there, the, the show JoJo's she was set up. It was like it's wild. It's so random. It's really cool, man. Like <laughs> that 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 doesn't happen anywhere, really. He's a he's a he's an interesting tea guy, but because you like tea so much, I think you'd really really appreciate right. it. I'll, I'll send you a bag. I used, I got him in at uh, Sexy Fish. We they carry his tea. How long have you been in Miami now? I've been saying I was going to go down and visit, and I had a baby and. Baby, the baby's a good excuse. <laughs> the baby's a, baby's a good excuse. The best excuse. It really is. No, but I really do want to get down there. You should. When if you let me know, I'll make sure like we can have like a, a like a day. Right. I'll bring you to the tea shop. We can get lunch. Uh, go get dinner. Like you know, All if right. the wifey's down there, go get dinner with the wifey and get some drinks and just have like right. a have like a, a good time. We don't have to go. Right. We don't have to go so crazy. You know. It, it, but we can. <laughs> we could. It's always there. <laughs> You're probably tired of it. I am. I've been very good the last few months, man. I've been not going out as much. That's part of the reason I'm doing the podcast is because I want things to work on during the day. I want to work on more artistic stuff, and I don't want to have so much pent-up energy where I'm always going out. So I think that doing this, I'm going to travel a bunch. I'm selling my car, uh, which is wow. yeah, it's a heartbreaker. I just don't drive it that much. Howdy. I pay for parking. Gas is expensive. I Uber when I'm out drinking anyway. Like, it just... I really don't use it enough to warrant having it. Don't you have one of those electric motorcycle-looking things? Or- that got stolen, but I have an electric bike. Uh, well, I have like an e-bike, and uh, that get, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell the e-bike and just get a motorcycle, and I'll do that. I have that for fun if I want to get around like here and there. But the Metro Mover gets me to Brickell, gets me to the airport, uh, and and gets me kind of to like to the north down, get to all day. I could see you on a cafe racer. That's what I'm getting. See? I found one. Four grand, baby. And uh, it's my friend, she, she she has bought two of my motorcycles from this dude and he, he refurbishes them. So. Awesome. So it's like a good, it's a good situation. That's just some random buyer. Uh, I think that really fits your brand. I think it'll be cool. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for that. And I'm gonna save like $1,500 a month not paying for this fucking car. And you get tickets every five seconds in Miami. And I mean, you did here. How many times did I? <laughs> You know, I get less here. I get less in Miami, but they're more expensive. So, like, it evens out. Yeah, I got booted here twice. I, I almost said it. I didn't want to put you out there like <laughs> no, that, but good. you said it. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> How many times I've come up to the back door of my and shop. I'm sitting out there. <laughs> and I look, and I was like, is that Nate's car? He must have left it here overnight. Why is it booted? Why is there multiple There's like slips three on tickets the- on it. Yeah. Like, they probably booted out of spite. <laughs> like, they're, they're like, they're like, you know what? So we just keep the fucking car here. These guys don't play here uh, on the street either. I've paid my fair share, man. Yeah. I've never been booted, but I've paid my fair share of tickets. They booted me in a parking garage that I paid for. And I was like, how did they get in? Did they go into parking garages and check? I swear to God, they might have had it an out for me. It had to be a public garage. No, it was the one, it was the library garage. But you it's, have to pay to get it's in It's not there. a city garage. I mean, I guess it is. But you pay to get in there. No. So, like, it's, it is technically, I don't know, whatever. I don't know the rules. Um, <laughs> so, cool. Uh, Margo Wine Bar, when we go down, remind me to go there. I can see it from my balcony, but it has, it's, it's got a really sweet design. It's kind of Scandinavian. It's very hip, very cool, like a little raw bar and like some foods and stuff that's all just kind of created behind the bar, actually. The chef, one of the chefs sits behind the bar and wow. plays the food. Uh, all natural wines and shit. It's very, it's very cool. I know that that's a lot more common down in Miami. Yes. But the lighting. So the design is really cool. 
I guess they said cool like about a bazillion times. Design's very interesting, especially for Miami. Like I said, like kind of Nordic, Scandinavian inspired. Even the cups, nice. It's cool. There's an orange cup with like a, like I think like something purple in it. But everything in there, there's there's two lightings. So the bottom half of the bar, like everywhere you're really sitting, is orange, amber, and kind of like this. And then the top part is purple. So it's orange, and it's it's so cool. It's so sexy. When you go in there, it automatically it shifts you into this like calmer mood. Kind of like you drink much wine. I do. Okay. I mean, you know, I I drink a little bit of everything, so like I really do try to spread it out. I like I like wine quite a bit. I like to go there like if I'm just like solo, I'd rather go there than a bar. Yeah. And I'll get like carried away at bars, not for the, the drinking, just with people. How? What's up, man? You know, like I would go I would go to a natural wine bar by myself. I would I would well I used to go to um, I used to go to the Robbie a lot when you were there. Um, and I think that was mostly just because I was by myself, but I also was, you know, going to hang with you. Yeah. Um, and then you got to see, and like, you know, the crew was there, and they'd come over and say what's up. And I think, like, that one dude, Mark, would, like, like, he's like, oh, come here. And he'd, like, pour you something. And, like, once you're there, it's like, it was, it was, it was, it was, the best it was a special little thing. Um, I had no idea that it would be so short-lived. Me either, man. I, before the pandemic, I thought I was going to be in there for years. I was prepared to be there for years. I was prepared to fight them back on a few things that um, I didn't think were a good idea. Like they wanted to open another one in um, Jacks. Yeah, in Jacks, and I told them no. But let's do something really similar and say, you know, from the people who, who from the Robinson people, you know, it's it's their sister concept, whatever. Because that, that's not Norman Robinson, right? That's, that has nothing to do with it. And also, let's keep this sac- sacred. Mathers is more of like a make open like three of them if that's what they wanted to do. Like I could see that, right? It's got a very specific brand to it, but they wanted they wanted to change the concept a little too up in Jacksonville. So I was like, look, let's let's come up with a different name, maybe like a very similar but like different like color, like same maybe the same color scheme, but a bit different design or this or that. And they were down with it, but I knew that they wanted to do one in Tampa as well in this building they had, and I was like, I I had to fight them on on just calling it the Robinson again. But you know, event. You know, that's another reason why. Is the one in Jacks? Is that still? No, nothing's going on there. Okay. They may, they might be doing something and working on it, but nothing's up there. The pandemic really did shift things, though, because after we reopened, I was doing. I was in there doing everything, and you know, it was it was good though. It was like a labor of love. Like it was very small, and you felt like you felt kind of like a like a warrior of sorts, where you're like. Man, you never you like you like, gotta be brave. I don't know what's going on today, yeah. uh, and you know you had to do that too because the staff. If you didn't feel confident, if you didn't say it's not a big deal, guys. If you didn't exude that, the staff staff was prone, you know, for good reason, to being kind of skittish and like freaked out. And yeah. you also had to be super understanding when they didn't want to come to work because they just didn't feel like it because they're like I, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel safe. Yeah. And you're like, great. Just whenever you. Like, I need servers because I can't put anybody at the bar. I have to, I have, to have tables. That was a tough time for, for me. Um, you know, kind of like you said, as, you know, as the leader, I felt like I wasn't... It's not that I wasn't able to. I think I told myself I wasn't able to be human and also kind of be afraid that this could actually kill my business. Yeah. Um, and I kind of had to suppress a lot of those thoughts and feelings. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's like but, you also don't want to be you don't want to lie to people and say like this is this isn't this is not a threat. So you had to just take this weird position of like 
this this matters and this is very important and we're just yeah. doing what we got to do and if you can be part of us right now if not but you know later when it, you know what i mean like yeah you have to just be this malleable thing and, and whatever feelings you had about yeah. it push that shit down it's not important it, it's like a you know it's like a computer you have you know you're on a certain page but then you have all these other pages on you know running in the background even though you can't it's not on the front it's still running in the background and for me that fear in those thoughts um, was kind of running in the background for me and uh, I kind of forgot about it and um, like after I think it was a I think it was the very end of 2020 man I just I just burnt out I just crashed and burned and a lot of it was like mental stuff that I wasn't um, you know kind of addressing or taking time just to even acknowledge that I felt this way and continued to feel that way so uh, yeah, that, that that wasn't fun, but hey, I mean, thank God we're we're still here. Or, Orlando really like showed up heavy for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was very very humbling, and um, we're definitely better. I'm definitely better because of everything that went down. But yeah, it was it it, it was tough, man, to to kind of to lead the crew here and and like I said, to to kind of be the one that I felt like I couldn't feel what I was feeling or think what I was thinking because I didn't want to spread that. I didn't want to, you know, bump, bump anyone else out or freak anyone, anyone else right. out. But the re reality was, yeah, there was there's some times, man, I was bummed. I was freaked out. Definitely. I was scared. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. For me, it was a very, like, nihilistic, like, like, nothing really matters, who cares, like, kind of attitude because that was, I mean, you know, within reason, that was the only attitude I could really have because I was like, oh, fuck it. And people were, then, and this, I had the same attitude though when the, the vaccine came out. I didn't get fully vaxxed stuff, which I'm kind of glad about now. Not, I'm not. I just saw like there's all the oh vaccines could be bad or good. I got, I got one. I got, I got the one, the uh, the one, which one, the Johnson Johnson, which. Okay. The one that was recalled. Yes, the one that was recalled. I got that one because I was like all in one. I was, Did like, that like I spook you out nah. when nah. <laughs> when you like? Nope. What the fuck? I, I got that. That didn't spook me out. <laughs> Because of the reason, and I, I, I definitely saw this reason and parroted it. I saw it online and just was like, oh, this was, this was smart. But it was a, I think it was a good point where it's like, you know, you, many people uh, will buy a small baggie of something or buy something off of somebody, like they'll buy drugs off people that they don't know, yeah. and they'll do them. And there's people that you do know, and there's heavily researched stuff that you're not willing to do at all. And if, the, sure. if, you're, if your argument is that we just don't know what it is, it's a poor argument. And so that's why I was telling people at the job because it, I was also telling them, and I was like, look, the pandemic's not gonna be that big of a deal. People, it, yes, it's dangerous, yes, but like, just be safe. And like, look, at the end of the day, it's like, you're gonna get it at one point. And that, that was like my, my, my shtick, my yeah. spiel. And like, look, we're just gonna be as safe as we can and whatever they tell us to do, and like, we'll wear masks when we have to, and like, guys be safe. If you feel sick, stay home, right? But then like when the vaccines came out, people, some of the people who I worked with were like, I'm never getting that. A lot of the hippie people, which is weird. Because they were like okay. very progressive in a lot of other ways, but like very uh, like distrustful, I guess. But they were like, "I'm not, I'm never getting that." And I was like, "Look, man." And then I was taking the exact opposite side, where I was like, "Look, I mean, who cares? Like, you, I know you do drugs on the weekend. Like, you know, like <laughs> I don't care, but like you also shouldn't care because you don't know where the hell that's what the hell that stuff is." And it was, it was. I think people people have a hard time when you don't when you're like, "I'm just, I'm like taking this information as it comes," but when you're not taking like one side on it, people are like. Well, I thought you didn't care about COVID. I was like, I care about it. I don't think it's, I, I'm running my business. I think I think it's safe enough to run my business. But I I also think that you're dumb if you if that's your reasoning. If you have like a prior, like my one friend has like a heart condition 
you know, and he was like, I don't want to take the vaccine. I'm worried this. Can-. I'm like, that's a fair, yeah. that's a fair thing, man. You have a pre-existing condition. He also was pretty, pretty um, cautious about COVID. He's like, look, I, I have a. It wasn't. It didn't stop him doing anything. But you know, he had a history of heart disease, and he had like a, a flutter or some shit like from from his youth, and he he was very careful during COVID. I mean, not crazy. And then yeah, he he's like, I'm not getting the vaccine because I, I I can't risk it. Fair enough. That's that's a fair reason. That's not just some, you know, not well thought out, poorly constructed. Yeah. What's in it though? I don't even know what it is. Although now that there's more information out, that like like this one is this at this risk. I saw like this chart from the CDC, and I was like, man, I'm glad I just got one and didn't get the boosters and all that other stuff. Yeah. I got I got enough to let me travel. <laughs> gotcha. But. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Wild. So, uh, I think we touched on it a little bit, but I was wondering if you knew, it, like, if you could try to pinpoint, and I don't, I'm not meaning to make this question too hard, but what the most important part of service is. So when you're giving someone service, I think we can agree that it's probably not just the drink that's in front of them, right? Like, it's the, yeah. the hospitality and all that. But, like, what, what part do you think is the most important, like, in your shop? Yeah. Is it initial? Is it this? Is it the check bag? Like, what, what do you think works? Man, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, I definitely, it, even though the, the beverage or the food item that the person ordered is, is so important, I think, to, to the person, um, they're, they're really hoping and a lot of times even expecting it to be really great. Um, I, I definitely think it really comes down to the the human interaction that you know is is most important, and uh, I think that's why a lot of people come in here. Um, I, and I've really noticed that that a, a lot of people come in here, and I've even wondered. I'm like, did that person even want a coffee, or did they just get a coffee, just to you know as a reason to come in here and have a touch point right. with with one of our baristas. Um, and they get, so, so, they get such, such little time with them as well. Yeah, like yeah, because you know, we, you know, we, we do get pretty busy in here. And um, it, it obviously gets a lot harder uh, to, you know, to give that kind of interaction that we really want to give to everyone. Um, but obviously we're not able to, and it, it's cool. Like, people, people, most people are aware of that. They're aware, okay, it's busy. I'm not going to be able to talk to, you know, this barista for a super long time. But it's not always about the, you know, the duration of time. It's it's just about the the quality. Even if it was just a 15 second interaction, it's just that quality of like, you're the one in front of me. I'm fully present with you right now. I'm taking your order. You know, quick like, you know, how's it going? You doing all right today? Just like that the quality of looking someone in the eye, being present, connected with them for however long that period of time was, there's something that happens in that exchange where that person felt that, that human connection. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's what, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, they work remote, they work at a desk, they're, they're, they're isolated, they're, they're, not, they're not in a social environment, which our cafe here is, is, a, is a, a very much a social environment. And, uh, hey, so you don't you don't come here to be if you have your headphones on people will be respectful but you don't come here to be alone and not to be bothered yeah. at this shop like if you come here regularly people are gonna at least be like hi you know what I mean like like yeah. just like when you're something like like hello like I, I there's plenty of people that when I used to come in here a lot 
that I didn't even, I couldn't tell you their first name. I probably never actually <laughs> talked to them. We just maybe shared a laugh when something happened or, or looked when a random homeless person came in and like looked at each other and went like this, you know, just shrugged. But, you know, but when I would see them, you know, give them a little nod or whatever and like you notice all these people that were in here. So it's definitely not the place. And if you have a conversation with somebody, they're going to say, they're going to come up while you're, you're sitting and you could have headphones in, yeah. all the signs that you don't want to talk and they're going to be like, hey, what's up? And uh, I think that, I think that's also a big part of this shop's uh, allure, is that people, the people that come in here, they like that. Like I, get, I get nothing done here. <laughs> as far as, you know, as far as like I, when, I'm, <laughs> when I'm sitting here on my computer and I have, you know, certain things I need to get done, I do it to myself every day. I, I sit down and I, I think that I'm going to be able to get it done, but I'm like, I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to get anything done. I definitely was a, a culprit. In, in, <laughs> In that a few times, but 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 it's my favorite part, man. It's it's it, it's it's the best part. And um, I know I say that I'm getting nothing done, but I, it's not true. You're you're getting the most important thing done, if you will, if you want to say it that way. And that's connecting with you know connecting with with people. Yeah. You know, this is my community. These are my neighbors. These are my people. And um, yeah, you don't get the crazy amount of tourists. You know, I mean, I don't know how many coffee shops get crazy tourists in Orlando, for sure. But coffee is definitely more of a local thing than coffee shops. But yeah. you, you know, it's it's not just it's not just a local thing here. It's like people like it's like a yeah, it's a hangout spot. You're, you're looking for you know when you come in here, you're gonna get some kind of social interaction, whether it's just just cutting the shit with or chopping it up with the barista. Or if you're bothering you, hey man, how's the shop going? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know that guy's name, <laughs> or whatever, right? And, you know, it, it's from, from day one, I've always wanted that, you know, you asked me what the most important part of service is, and to me it's that, like, it's that human-to-human touch point, that connection, mm-hmm. that, and, and really to me, that, that is genuineness, genuineness and authenticity um, is what creates that. It's not some scripted you know no offense like some disney world script and i get right. it disney world is so it's massive machine. it's it's a machine deeply is not disney world and we don't want to have a script when someone comes in and uh which has made it hard sometimes you know because we're all human and i can't expect you know every one of my team members to come in and to always be in a good mood or always be having a good day sometimes it's hard to you know to I'm just a good day be like odd like they're, they're like they're, it's like yeah maybe they're just not on like where they're like smiley and bubbly that day right it, it's tough yeah it, it it is tough and you know I I tried to come up with ways where like you know hey if if you're having a hard time turning it on and you know in the way that obviously we, we want to be on for a guest that comes in you know there, maybe there's a maybe you should be on the espresso uh, machine and maybe maybe not be on the register but communicate that with your team. Right. That maybe hey like, I'm I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time right now. Would could you take the register and I'll hop on the machine? Which when you're on the machine, there's there's a much less interaction that right. happens because you're not, you know, having that. Uh, it's like uh, in the bartending world, it's a service well. You know, when you're in the service well, you're making it for the tables or whatever, or you're the person, whatever it is, you're the person that's like not dealing with the guests and you're yeah. just kind of the machine. Same, so it's the same exact position. Exactly. And it's exactly. like you kind of just can put your head down and bop, 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 yeah. bop. So that, that's kind of a, a, a small way that, that we, you know, can, can make sure that, you know, that we're not, uh, 
you know, giving giving a guest like that they're they're coming up to something they're you know they can kind of tell like this person is you know elsewhere right now as far as in their thoughts or whatever they're going through. Right. So we'll kind of communicate and hopefully have someone at the register that you know is is in a is in a space to where like they can you know they want to be interacting with every guest that comes in and be that first initial touch point. Yeah. But to me, that's the most important thing. And then you know, obviously, you know, I I care a whole lot about. Um, the product that we serve a lot. I care a lot about that. But to me, I, I'd rather see a negative review on there that someone didn't, you know, didn't really dig the coffee that day, versus seeing a review that someone didn't really dig, you know, our attitude or, or whatever it was that yeah. they felt that they. To me, that bothers me a whole lot more. Um, but then, you know, I I get it because I'm human, and uh, you I know. think too, it's like it's one of those things, you know. I, I think that. When you're when you're someone's boss and you and you try to be really open and you know not in like the bullshit corporate way where you literally are like hey look we're all people like what you said when you, when you do live by those uh, philosophies I think that it feels when when that happens it feels like I mean, this is this is like a personal way of looking at it it's not how you react when you're a boss but it feels like a betrayal of sorts because you're like. You didn't tell me. Just talk to me. Yeah. Did you want to go home? Did you need a yeah. break? Maybe I could have just stepped in for you for five minutes so you could go deal with this. It's like it's it's one of those things where it feels like a relationship where it's like a breach of trust, and you're like, yeah, you should have just talked. Why were you communicating? Yeah, like, it's actually your fault for not communicating. Right? Like in your head, you, 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 that, that's the feeling. Yeah. Obviously, you you have to be more understanding than that. But that was always my my uh, thing. absolutely when like someone was super weeded, and I was like, why did you not come ask for help? Why didn't you ask one of us? I mean, yeah. in the bar, it's a bit different because the volume for everyone gets a little higher. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, like, like, and it doesn't stop. Yeah. But for you guys, it's like volume and then boom. And yeah. then there's a chance to breathe. The bar, it's like when it gets rocking, there's the, yeah. you have four hours of volume. Yeah. Uh, so the difference is, but you also, it's a lot, people have a lot more patience for a drink. They don't have that yeah. much, but they have more patience for a drink than they do for a cup of coffee. You know, like... If you're making this crazy drink, even if it's a drink that we already yeah. batched, they're gonna think, "Oh, that that's complicated." We're like, "Where's my fucking cappuccino? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's, yeah. where's my where's my nitro latte? I know it's coming off the tap." You're like, "Brother, I got a f- twenty tickets in front of you." And they're willing to pay a lot more for, you know, for an alcoholic beverage, yeah. even if it's just you pulling a tap and filling a cup with a beer. They're willing to spend twelve dollars for that. But if a coffee is more than six dollars, they lose their mind. Yeah, that you know, and that and even in Miami, you know, Miami has a, a I don't I don't love Cuban coffee. Uh, I know that you know it would be stupid for you to say that you loved Cuban coffee because of the shop that you run. <laughs> uh, you know, with all these. It's light not roasts. my favorite. It's not my favorite. I mean, I you know I think there's a time and a place. Sometimes I crave like a an Orlando thing would be craving like a an iced cafe con leche from uh, uh, what's the what's the Cuban spot? Uh, oh, is it? Is it Zaza's? No, no. Black Bean Deli? Black Bean Deli. Yeah. That was like a, that's like a classic Orlando thing, but you know, Miami. Sorry, I said Zaza's first. Black Beans first. <laughs> Black Beans first. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta, shouts out. But Shout out Black Bean Deli. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like, you know, you'll crave them, or like, I think that Miami, it's cool that that's like the only cheap thing in Miami, is yeah. those little, like, Cuban delis, where you can get, like, three pastelitos and a cortadito and it's like three bucks <laughs> like the whole thing you're like how is this so-? this wasn't even a dollar <laughs> each uh, and you know you see them pour it from a little they have a little pitcher of, of espresso that they've yeah. brewed already yeah and nice. they just pour that and they heat the milk nice. and I'm sure it's still warm but you know like yeah probably was brewed like ten minutes ago or something sure. Then they brewed the last batch they just brewed a couple more but 
you know, I, I think it's cool because it, A, it's, it's very identifiable as being a Miami thing. Yeah. B, it is 1,000% something that is for people. It's not to make a shitload of money. It's not to be this thing that, that is appropriated because people, be, people would be outraged. I mean, there's fancy spots that do, like, really good jobs. Yeah. But, you know, there's more value. Maybe it's the service. Maybe they, the cup that they put it in. Maybe it's just the environment. There's a band playing. And you're like, what the fuck is a band doing at a cafe? It's Miami. So, like, you know, the, other than that, though, those are, those are for people. That's for the everyday Joe because nothing else is cheap in Miami. Nothing. Subway's more expensive. Everything's expensive. So, like, That's those... probably why everyone respects the hell out of this, the Cuban coffee. Yeah, they love it. It's their lifeblood. You go out, you can get it. You, you, can, you can get for five bucks or something like that. You can get a quick little snack and a pick me up, yeah. and make it through your day. And that's you know, it's like a lifeline for the city. That's why so. I'm kind of afraid to open up a shop in Miami, to be honest. It's changing a lot, man. It's just a it's a much different uh, you know demographic, and I think that that demographic drinks coffee differently. It does, but I can safely say that in the year that I've it's been it's been over a year that I've been there. It's been. March. It's been almost a year and a half, but I can say when I went down there since I've moved, there's more good coffee. Uh, and now, really? yep. And there's more. There's more shops that even if the coffee beans aren't great, that are trying to give an elevated amount of service or a better sit-down experience. So like the actual cafe aspect is is elevating a bit. And I have a meeting soon about uh, doing consulting on a project for a coffee shop. Uh, wow. I, I mean, I don't. It'll be more for the brand, and then they're gonna ask me like, "Hey, what style do you think?" You know what I mean? It'll be more branding. I'm not gonna yeah. give them. I'll probably give them maybe some specific roasters that I like, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say buy this machine. I'm not gonna say put this tap system in. I'll say you should have a night. You know, you should have these ten things. You should make sure that this is the style you do it. You should stay away from these things. You know, like basically a consultant. So right. I have I have a. a a brand consultant thing, and that's what they want. They want something that's not just Cuban coffee. They're like, that, those are everywhere. We want to open, you know, yeah. more things. So I think that, for better or worse, Miami's changing in a big way. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people I talk to that live in the area that I live, they're like, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're not maybe ready for all the like, fucking juice bomb, <laughs> curl, your, curl your milk acidity, <laughs> like from these coffees. That's that I got. Yes, but. Some people are, but I think that, you know, just an elevated, like, not overdeveloped yeah. coffee, yeah. like like the Peruvian that I have right now at home, or like, you know, what, what's the one you guys have on your main drip? Uh, it's from, it's, um, oh, the, from Drop Coffee Roasters. Uh, it's uh, the El Sunzita nice. from El Salvador. Yeah. Really yeah. great, yeah, house coffee. It's like, like a little sweet. Nutty, nice. chocolatey, sweet. It's a really great classic the balance not heavy profile, yeah yeah not yeah not dark ashy roasty they'd love that so that's the th people are actually looking for that if they could find a better version of that yeah and you and you had a few options they would like that i i think but miami is a this isn't a hey you need to open a shop in miami but it's changed even in the last year even just even the bar scene is changing and not necessarily for the better but you know there, there's a lot going on um, maybe i'll feel some sauce when I'm down there visiting and I'm like I'll bring I'll bring you to the good spots all day is kills it it's good shout job. out all day shouts out to all day great coffee shop shouts out to Vice City they also kill it good, I've been good there a couple times yeah good program uh, you know there's some things that I think they do a good job they work with is it Madcap 
Yep. Yeah, Mad, Mad Cats. Cap, and, and they have um, they have one other roaster they work with. Uh, Bl- Bloom. Uh, Sweet Bloom. Sweet Bloom. They they also use Sweet Bloom as their sometimes yeah. as their uh, secondary roast. Great. Uh, this drink, by the way, just got better and better. It got better. It did get better. I, I think the ice really opened, like stretched it. Opened it did. Up. It needs to be stirred. Like it needs to be stirred with some ice. Um, do you want to get another one? Yeah. Yeah, let's get another one. Yeah. I can, I can edit it. Yeah, the, I, halfway through, I was like, damn. It's, it got, like, this is how it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, bro. 